This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Taron McKenzie, welcome to London, mate. First year in World Supersport. Um, I've been to Australia and Indonesia. And- <laughs> See that trophy, son? <laughs> yeah. That's mine. Standing in these pants, that's mine. <laughs> Even in my first year in British 125s, I was still playing football on the weekends off. I just did the bare minimum. Bare minimum Taz. <laughs> I did the bare through. minimum straight through. <laughs> my engineering teacher is actually the brother of Tom and Ben Birchall. I took Fraser Rogers out in the warm-up back <laughs> and he cried. <laughs> Fraser, if you're listening, what, you listen, you did, you cried. Yeah, managed to win the championship in my first year. Took the front into Sheen, broke a rib, and oh. I got back to the garage. And it was the first time I'd ever had like a, a bollocking off a team. Yeah, the Moto 2 year was tough, but it, it made me a better rider. And Dean Harrison clipped elbows with Mate, me at about 120 miles honestly, an hour. Honestly, yeah, the track. Yeah, spun oh. round, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many bikes. It's a fall, 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 fall. Yeah. Is that a scene out of cars? I think you're actually in front of me when I took the front. It was damp. We were on slicks it. Oh, and just, there was trees. Yeah, I was always somewhere near the front. No, ended up winning the first two races, won the championship. Yeah, it was an amazing day for everyone, for sure. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Pushing the Limit podcast with me, Danny Bucken. Today, I'm not going to say we have an exciting guest. You are exciting. But I'm not saying it anymore. Taron McKenzie, welcome to London, mate. Thanks for coming on. I've been absolutely heckling you haven't I <laughs> when you coming in when you coming in no thanks for having me um yeah I've come down to the office uh well I've been a, a number of times but this is first time for the podcast so I'm excited yeah and you brought your dad with you didn't you brought my dad yeah he's uh 61 no you can't say that 62 50. this year <laughs> yeah and uh just brought him out he gets he's buzzing with his rail card he's six, 61 and he's found out he can get Cheap train tickets. So. Mate, that is that, and that for him, that He's is coming. literally. Yeah. So he, he probably didn't even need to come today, did he? He just no, literally was like, yeah. going London, yeah. rail card. What, 20 quid for a train ticket, I'm there. I'm cool. there, mate, yeah. I'm there. But no, it's good to have you on. Obviously, uh, yeah, we're half, well, we've you've had a couple of races now, haven't you? Yeah, two races. Uh, first first year in World Supersport. Mm. Um, I've been to Australia and Indonesia and um, went semi-okay. And uh, yeah, it, I've got a break now till Assam, but... I'm excited to get back out. Oh, it's so long now. It's like we haven't even had a race yet, and you're literally two rounds in. Yeah, it's actually it's uh yeah it's funny like because obviously you race so early, so you're off season. Obviously you was off October, and then you didn't really get much time, do you? Really? Because first round's February, Phillip yeah. Island. Yeah, for, you test in January. First race is February, and then um, exactly a well the following weekend straight to Indonesia, and then we've had a month and two weeks off, I think. And then I've got a, a week off, then Catalonia, and then it's like another month and, and two weeks off or something. Yeah, so. that's mad, isn't it? Like if it was the Merch EP calendar, you'd understand that because you've got so many rounds. Yeah. But how many rounds in total is it? Uh, 12, 12 or 13 rounds. We've got an extra round in Imola now, so 
Um, but it is literally from now till the end of the season, pretty much one race a month. Yeah, that's not November, too bad. So. Mate, it's like literally what, a holiday. I want to go World Superbike just for the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Australia, yeah, obviously Indonesia. Yeah. What's that track like? It looks sick. Yeah, it was really good, Indonesia. I, I probably enjoyed Australia a little bit more when I got to Indonesia. I got a little bit of uh, deli belly. Oh, mate, everyone did, don't yeah, they? Yeah, everyone, everyone was pretty poorly with it. So um, it kind of took the edge off it a little bit, but the track was really good. The, the whole island is is amazing and um yeah really enjoyed the experience there it was pretty hot a lot hotter than it has been in bsb for the past five years so uh but yeah really enjoyable and enjoyed my first two rounds in in riding a 600 again and back in the world championship which was cool so looking forward to the rest of the season rock and roll mate but yeah. i want to know obviously where i want to rewind a few years yeah i've literally just broke my podcast in real <laughs> man i've just jumped straight to now we might as well just finish there yeah. do, do the questionnaire <laughs> but um yeah obviously i want to know where I know, obviously, you come from a racing family. Yeah. Your dad's absolute hero. Does he remind you much about it? Every day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Day. Yeah. <laughs> See that trophy, son? Yeah. That's mine. <laughs> Standing in his pants, that's mine. Yeah. yeah. Where did it start? Did you just, did you know you was going to race? Did you know you wanted to race bikes or did you just. Uh, no, honestly, play about? no. I think um, being a, a younger sibling, whatever Taylor did, I always wanted to do. If he played football, I wanted to play football. If he wanted to play tennis, I'd play tennis. And, that's how it went through kind of our childhood up until around maybe 13, 14. And um, I started racing mini motos at about nine. I think Taylor was a little bit older than me. We started at the same time. and But I only did it really because he was getting one. He got a Polini mini moto first and then I wanted to get one and, and it just kind of spiraled out of control after that i'd say but as kids we always had um sorry i spat that spit on the mic um as kids we always had pw50s little quads and uh and i just got taylor's hand-me-downs up until about 2011 20 yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and yeah just went from there really but i would play football on a saturday or on a sunday and would race mini motos on the other day up until i was around kind of 10, 11 years old. Even in my first year in British 125s, I was still playing football on the weekends off. And then when it got a little bit more serious, I realised I wasn't going to make it as a footballer and there was a chance I could maybe make it as a bike racer than kind of quit all that and, and went ahead with bike racing. You do find out, didn't you? There's a couple of... Cal Crutchlow, was he a good footballer, wasn't he as well? Yeah. There a few, there's yeah, quite a few people. Yeah, I think Haslam that... was good. There's a fair few. I, I mean, I wasn't like academy level, but I just... I was quite good. I enjoyed it. I got to see my friends. I could train during the week. I was still at school. So um, all of that side was really good. And yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. I probably narrowed it down in the end to kind of football and bike racing. And um, and yeah, went with a bike racing route, which luckily worked out. Paid off. If, but your so. mum and dad were quite hard on school, weren't they? I remember Taylor saying to me, like, they were quite strict, weren't they, with having an education? Like, in yeah, strict with Taylor, yeah. Not <laughs> were they not strict with you? No. Oh, that is no, awful. There's, there's different levels to it, and Taylor's academic level was a lot higher than mine. If he got an A, it was, why didn't you get an A star? But it was pat on the back if I got a C. Like, it so was you amazing. played the game. Yeah. You literally <laughs> falsified your way through, like, just like, Mum, Dad, I probably ain't going to get anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got, an, I've got a B, wicked. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it went. But I don't Taylor just enjoyed school i didn't it's not that i didn't enjoy it i enjoyed seeing my friends and PE. messing about messing about yeah i wasn't <laughs> rebellious i wasn't getting told off i just did the bare minimum bare minimum taz <laughs> i did the through. bare minimum straight through <laughs> what's the bare minimum a c i'm getting a c that that's how it was and as long as i could raise my bike on a weekend and the bare minimum kind of kept mum and dad content with my schoolwork. so that's what i did and um and then when i came out of school went to college and stuff but no, I was at school was, yeah, bare minimum and get through and race a bike on the weekend. I've literally got a confession to make with my SATs or whatever you call it. No, GCSEs, Jesus. isn't it? I literally don't even know what results I got. <laughs> it's so bad, isn't it? I, I literally was the worst human in school ever. Yeah. And I, if there's any younger people listening, I hope you take me as not what to do. Yeah, because it was I was terrible. Um, and I, yeah, and I remember the going into one of my GCSEs and being like, my name's not anywhere. And she was like, yeah, you're not sitting this one. Like, I was literally allowed to sit like three exams because I was that. You know, like, like, bad. It's I was just, yeah, I was just a little shit bag, man. Right. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> I don't even know why. I don't know. Put my motorbike, obviously just shut me up and, and made me yeah. sort of manage my emotions. Yeah. But literally, and then I got a call from the teacher one day, like to the home phone. And she yeah. was like, hello, it's so-and-so. Um, your GCSEs are here. You need to pick them up. And I was like, 
I actually remember saying, they're not going to change my life, what's in there. Yeah. Just, can you drop them off on the way past my house? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, I can't do that. I was like, all right, no worries, that's fine. And I don't know. So if I can find it online, I really need to, because I might surprise myself. Yeah. Who knows, don't you could have had a career in something else. Don't think, I'm, yeah, no. But I just wish I had. Do you know, like now you start doing all right and you, you're doing a few bits. I wish I had like more knowledge, definitely on Excel. Yeah. Excel uh, haunts me. That's not an example to follow by for me at school, 100%. I think if I could have, if I'm looking back now, if I could have stuck in a little bit more and maybe worked a little bit harder, then it'll probably help in certain situations. It just seems so long in the time because you're like five days a week. They're long days and you just yeah. think, oh, mate, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm here a week. Yeah. I'm here for another six years. Like, I'm not that bothered. Yeah. At my, yeah, that exactly, that's exactly how I was. My high school, my last kind of couple of years in school, I quite enjoyed it, but I enjoyed some subjects more than others. But yeah, my engineering, uh, I did engineering in the last two years of school. My engineering teacher is actually the brother of Tom and Ben Birchall. That's quite funny. So That's I think world, yeah. as it helped that if you like your teacher, definitely that yeah. it, it helped. And he was the middle brother of Tom and, of Ben and Tom, Dave. And uh, sometimes I'd be going to like a race on a weekend and David would be coming yeah, as well sure. to support oh, yeah. Ben and Tom. Yeah, so yeah, it's right. quite nice yeah. in that sense. But Sign off yeah. for me, mate. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were you going to do at college? Uh, motorcycle engineering. But honestly, it was like, um, yeah, it wasn't great. I did a year and stopped and then that was me done then. And you started racing quite late then, really, didn't you? Like, if you were like in like nine, ten, yeah. like most people start like six years old, didn't they? Yeah, we did. We we just had um, Blatter Chinese Mini Motos that I think Dad got given, and um, we were just riding around the garden. <laughs> and then it was actually Alan McIntosh um, that ran the Scottish Mini Motor Championship. Mm. He provided me and Taylor with a Mini Moto each, and that kind of kickstarted us, and and off we went from there, really. But um, I think Taylor was maybe eleven or twelve when he started, so it's quite late when you think. The likes of kind of Chan Onju won a Grand Prix at 15. It's mental, isn't it? That was like uh, Taylor's yeah. first year in 125s and British Championship was 15 years old. So, yeah, we started a little bit later than than some, but, um, yeah, we've we've made it happen somehow. Yeah, so that's far. quite funny. I remember, I don't know if it was you, though. I remember Taylor being, because Taylor was really small up until, well, when he, well, when he was like 15, he was small, wasn't yeah, he? I remember yeah. I had a super teen at Donington. Yeah. I'm sure it was snowing then. Oh, mate, it was so cold. Literally, it was snowing and we were out that. on track. <laughs> I took Fraser Rogers out in the warm-up lap and he cried. <laughs> Fraser, if you're listening, what you year, did, he cried. What year was that? Uh, oh, I don't even know. But, but they'd left us in the garages for so long and it was literally snowing and literally just went off the front row and just tucked, tucked the front and just poor Fraser was on the outside. Yeah, what? but I think that was his first race he qualified pole for. I raced Fraser in Super Teens. What yeah, year? What I think was that was that? 2007. Ah, okay, maybe I was 2008. Yeah, well, I'm there. I rode 2008 for oh, the first couple of rounds. Yeah. yeah. At Donington, it was really cold. I think Did I you... remember it being cold. Who had the Scottish crash helmet? Like, uh, and they are little white RSTs. Yeah, maybe. It me. might have been you then. Yeah, yeah. it might have been you. Smoked you up then, mate. Yeah. You went nowhere. <laughs> I was useless yeah. in team. You ever seen a picture of me on a team bike? They were such big bikes, weren't they? Yeah. And if you were small, like, obviously, I, you I were quite small then. I used and to drop it all the time. They're bloody things. I remember one time I was, dad set me off in the paddock to go to scrutineering so, someone stop. in Snetterton someone opened the car door oh. jammed on the brakes went down oh. broke the bike oh, had to spin yeah. it around take it back he hadn't even been scrutineering at that point fix it straight that back that is mad isn't it? it dad used to just do it for me I'll take it you just walk yeah. there in my leathers the Aprilia bikes though like for you to go from Aprilia to these GP bikes yeah. would be in heaven oh yeah it? because well, they were so like the Moto3 actually your first I know I raced the 125 oh, okay. for uh, three years but that was, I was, my first year in British Championship, like, I was useless. If you look at the results, Taylor lapped me most weekends when I raced my first year in 2010. But I was that small and light. I weighed 34 kilos. That's I must have been four foot something. And it, it had literally went onto the 125 purely just to, so I could touch the floor and it was easier for me to ride. But I was way out of my depth at that point. But as the years went on, it, it got a little bit better. But yeah, I was so small and light. I remember... Mum used to like feed me like chip butties before bed just to try and put weight on. <laughs> and I remember trying to get to 40 kilos. Like that was my I, my mad. goal was to get to 40 kilos. And I was at that point, I was maybe like 15 or 16 years old. That's mad. I've always mm. tried to lose weight or trying to get thinner. Yeah. I had no problem with ballast when I was younger. <laughs> 
I literally used to go to like the, the shop. My dad, I'd go to work with my dad. Like if I wasn't at school, if the school wasn't on, yeah. and I remember like vividly, we'd just go to the shop. I'd get a ginger beer, a sausage roll, and a trials of motocross news. Who would feed their son that? And my dad just was like, yeah, like I don't know if he's just trying to make me a geezer. I don't yeah. know. It worked. I mean, look at me now, absolute you're, top geezer. You're chubby, right? Yeah. But mate, I was chubby. Yeah. yeah. And when I got to 16, my dad was like, right, there's a gym down the road. You're allowed to train now. I've got you a trainer. I was like, but I don't want to go to gym. And he was like, you need to go to gym. I was like, this is, I'm sure this is bullying, dad. <laughs> but yeah, that's quite funny. And then obviously you went on to a slow burner, mate. You're a yeah, slow burner. The older a, you get, the better you get. I was a slow burner for sure. Um, I did f- four years in like the, I did three years in the 125 class and then changed to Moto3 in 2012. I did my first year of Moto3 in 2013 and then battled for the championship that year. I think I was second in the end. Um, and then after that, I, I was 17 at that point. And then it was like, do we try and get the funds together and go do CV or just do the stock 600 Mad, route and try it? and do the British route? I know, and the CV thing yeah. is mega, isn't it? But and you probably would have done... You probably would have progressed through there, but yeah. it's so much money, isn't it? Yeah, I think you the only way you can progress through is if you have backing or funding, really. So, especially coming from the UK. Um, and I remember at the time, I, I, re- I really didn't want to do Stock 600, but the reality of doing CV at the time, Spanish Championship, um, yeah, wasn't wasn't working out. So we went to Stock 600. And again, I was probably a little bit small and light for that, but um, in that first year, got a couple of podiums. Second year... Um, battled for the championship with with Mason and Ben Curry, um, got a few more wins. Oh, Ben Curry's in it that year as well. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. yeah. Got, I think I finished third in the championship that year. I was like, either win it or bin it. That yeah, year. yeah. Full commit. Yeah, full champagne commit, or nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then it kind of became proper, not properly serious, but a bit more serious that first year in British Supersport. And um, yeah, managed to win the championship in my first year. And then after that, it's... That kind of stamped you, didn't it? Yeah. That's like, the, I think I can actually do this. Yeah. yeah. I'd never really won anything up until that point, as in a championship. I never put a proper championship together. I'd always just win or crash. I remember in that first year in Supersport that I got to round, like, six or something. I was leading the championship by 30 points. I'd done the double at Brands. We had three races in the weekend. And I thought, I went into the last race, thought, I'll just win this. Like, I've done the double. I've got 30-odd points. Like, I'll just... In my brain, I literally thought, well, go out and win this, then that'll be at least like 35 more points yeah. in front. And um, someone passed me and I thought, get out of the way, passed them back, <laughs> took the front into Sheen, broke a rib, and Aye. I got back to the garage. And it was the first time I'd ever had like a, a bollocking off a team. What are you doing? James Westmoreland won. The championship just went down to like nothing. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Oh, like, it's now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I'm uh, 25 and points here. After that, I had to kind of, I probably. It was a good thing making a mistake because I realised how I needed to put a championship together. And then, and then, funnily enough, that actually helped going into my 2021 year winning BSB because I couldn't use that as a bit of experience. And, yeah, worked out in the end. Yeah, and going back to the CV thing, it's like 350,000, isn't it? But yeah. the Spanish and Italians, do they, like, have funding, don't they, in place where they get, like, a lot of, even if it's some help? Yeah, I think it's their national championship. So I I, I get it from their, their point of view. And they want to bring the Spanish and Italian through. Yeah, they're fast. Like mm. you see, Pedro Acosta has come to to the Grand Prix paddock, and that's just one one name. There's been so many there's over the years, and there is still now, isn't it? Like bubbling away in the championship, and even the, before that, yeah, there's just talent, isn't there? Yeah, like endless amounts. And it's probably good as a kid, but then it's it's harder as you get older. I think as a Spanish or Italian, where it's maybe harder as a British rider coming through, but then. As you get older, it's maybe you get more opportunities. A lot of people go, oh, Brits don't get opportunities. But in the Grand Prix paddock, there is actually a number of Brits over the years that have maybe stayed there longer than they should have just purely because they're they're British. I know for me, my stint I did in Moto2, I only got it because I was British. And it was a little <laughs> but you bit... you take it. Political, yeah, for mm. sure. And... and um, But as a kid trying to do CV, it, it's hard. We are, we've had points over the years where we've had RSF, they had like Wayne yeah, Ryan, Fraser Rogers, yeah. Kyle, uh, John McPhee. And then now we've got like a British talent team, which I think Eddie O'Shea's in, Max Cook's been over the years, Tom Amos. So um, there's definitely opportunities to kind of make it a little bit easier for Brits jumping across. But yeah, at the at the time I did it, there wasn't any real opportunity and or you 
Yeah. Bank loan it. So yeah, it was hard. Yeah, dad need a few quid. Yeah. <laughs> what did you ever do Red Bull Rookies? Did I did, you, yeah. yeah. Did Red Bull Rookies for two years, twenty twelve and twenty thirteen. And then to progress from that, did you need to the bank role to not not really. If yeah. you were if you were competitive in Red Bull Rookies, probably kind of top three or you won the championship. If you won the championship, you got guaranteed a ride with I don't think it was guaranteed with Aki Ayo at the time, but Red Bull would basically fund you to go into a team. Oh, that's so sick, isn't it? Which was amazing. And yeah. and sometimes, even if you were top three, you'd still go up. Maybe you'd have to take some money, but you'd still be sponsored by Red Bull. So they'd give you a proper opportunity. And each rider that was in that championship, in the Red Bull Rookie Championship, there was a lot of funding going into it. I think it was around, I don't know, it'd be six figures for sure per rider. And there was 24 riders. So it, all it cost you as a, a rider was your flights, hotels and hire carts, and that was it. And That's they would, such a big opportunity. Isn't it? You'd yeah. rock up, you'd get the Alpine style mm. leathers, like everything would be there. And as a kind of 15, 16-year-old kid, it was pretty cool to be a part of. So I did that for two years. First year was 125 and the second year was Motor 3. So Who was in it with you that? Who was you get, competing against? Yeah, I was in it in a good year. It, now looking back, thinking, yeah, I used to race him, but it was like Bastianini, Juan Mir, um... Jorge Martin. Quash, yeah, so uh, stacked out. Brad Ray, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Ride. Yeah. There was a few, Philip Ottle, um, Carol Hanneker. Oh, I said it's stacked out anyway, it was stacked. yeah. I've yeah. probably missed out a few. There's loads of people in GPs that are in it. Ramirez, yeah, there's loads. It's but mad, it was competitive it? at the yeah. time and they were fast. Top Prack was in it. And um, yeah, looking back now, I kind of realised why I was probably finishing 12th every weekend when I was racing these boys at an Iron Motor GP or World Champions. So, um, but yeah, it was cool to be a part of, sure. But when you looked at your Moto2 stint in 2017, I had looked yesterday at the results. Yeah. Mate, like, Morbidelli had, was the one <laughs> yeah. here. And I went through, like, the list, and I was like, <laughs> it was mad. Even the people behind you. Yeah. Like, you, obviously, you scored a point. But, yeah. like, the per like, the people around you, I was just like... Scoring that point, honestly, was, like, made my year because it was so tough. What bike was it? A Leopard bike? It, no, it, I rode for Kiefer, but it was a Suter bike at the time, oh, okay. so... Um, was super competitive then? Not no, really, no. no. Yeah, I think if you're experienced, you kind of got away with it. My teammate, Dominic, Dominique Agata, um, was really experienced and he could kind of make it work some weekends and it, and then other weekends were tough. And the other two suitor riders were Cortese and Schrotter, I think, and it's same for them. Again, they were experienced. Yeah, yeah and I just jumped in at the deep end, never ridden on, on slicks, on a Moto2 bike. Um, stiff chassis. I'd come from like a soft, so super stiff, sport they? chassis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything was plush and yeah. felt nice. And I got on that and I was like, this is a lot different this to ride. This is not like a sofa. Yeah, exactly. And it was tough at the time, but it, it made me a better rider. I didn't really see it at the time. Um, and I, I had a lot of crashes. I, it was just tough. I scored a point in Japan in the wet, which was... which was Like a win. Yeah, it felt like a win. And uh, and then I ended that year and then joined back with McCams. But what I didn't realise was when I jumped back on the superbike, I thought that was going to be a big step, but it didn't feel like a big step for me. I'd ridden a stiff chassis, I'd ridden on slicks, proper brakes, proper suspension, and that was what the superbike was really, but with a faster engine. So which you can manage. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, and the only difference I had to get used to was jumping back on the Pirelli tyres more than anything. But yeah, the Moto Two year was tough, but it it made me a better rider. And even like the experience you take from suffering, like people don't understand, like you're traveling halfway around the world and yeah. you're literally there for one race. And if you crash out of it, like I say that to Jake and I'm like, even like it's mad that you can, like, you do all the work for the weekend. And if you have a crash, you're literally out out, and it's like, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, that that's the good thing with BSB is you get three races a weekend. Yeah. Oh, well, I've crashed out that one. Well, yeah. look, next one. You've yeah. traveled two hours to the track, whereas yeah. you could be traveling to Australia and you work all weekend, like you said, and you summer might even take you out and that's it your your weekend's finished so it's tough on that that side of it but it was a great experience I, I really enjoyed it the team was great um and and now as well I'm now I'm back in world supersport I'm going to tracks that I've learned from motor two so it, it's played a part in that sense which has been great and um yeah wouldn't, wouldn't change it for sure but the suffering as well is a big part because it, you just start to go actually like when you're younger and you start having a bad weekend, it's the end of the world, isn't it? It's yeah. like, like I can't, I can't even think about the next hour, let alone the next minute. Like, yeah. what's going on? I'm in this dark place. But you actually realise once you suffer like that, 
what, like when you probably come back to Super like that next year, it was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And he's probably like really like just loving the fact everything was working and he was competitive. Yeah, that was it. I think the biggest thing I had in Moto2 was I didn't, I, was, I think I had maybe 14 or 15 crashes that oh. year in 13 rounds. No injuries? No, in, not one yeah. injury. Wow. No. Um, and they were pretty much just all losing the front. And I just had the last little bit of breaking. I would be like, oh, I'm fine. And then I'd go down and I just couldn't understand or I maybe understood it as the year went on, but it was crashing and not knowing why. And that was the biggest thing. I get back to the garage. I'm like, oh, what happened? I lost. I the literally front. don't know. I yeah. don't know. And it, as you, well, you know yourself when you go down. If you know why you've gone down, then that's fine. But if you change don't, it, yeah, then then it's tough on that sense. I was 21 at the time. I'd done one year in British Supersport and then gone and done Moto Two after a couple of rounds at the start of the season in British Supersport. And yeah, it was was tough but it made me grow up i was traveling around on my own and uh yeah I, I, like i said i wouldn't change it for the world what's the it, data it, saying don't know like was, was it just like just getting a flat spot and just being like yeah 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 okay yeah that was it well i had italian yeah he's giving it that a lot but gracias it just chattered all the time it would chatter and go down and and i was probably doing their heads in because they would chopping and changing the bike but you just trying to make, get that and every time it would chatter and go down. I had to change my braking style as well because, for some reason, in British Supersport and through Stock Six Hundred, I would brake real light initially, and then as I get closer to the corner, I brake deeper and deeper and deeper. And I put it down to that maybe at some tracks there isn't so much runoff, so I didn't want to brake deep and then being too hot and you'd be off the track. Whereas in Grand Prix, there's so much runoff. Yeah. So they were, they were like getting into my head all year. Just, I don't care if you run off, just brake deep, you tarmac everywhere, you can pull back on and you're fine. So I had to change my braking style a little bit. And then fully enough, when I came back to Superbike, it actually helped me a lot when I came back. So yeah, there was lots of things that year that, that went on that were difficult and tough. But then, like I said, when I got to Superbike, I'm like, oh, I actually, wow, I've got yeah. speed. I've got, I can stop the thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it worked. And, and that first year in BSB was great as a rookie, so. Yeah, and how, where did you finish in that year? I finished 10th. Again, I was, oh, was uh, very that... much um, going in a podium wrong going down. Was that Assen when you crashed at Assen and yeah. we nearly avoided? Oh, mate, that was awful, weren't it? Dean yeah. Harrison, I was literally right behind yeah, Dean. I think, yeah. I got ran off the track, like I got ran wide or something first lap, and I come back on the track and I was like at the back. Yeah. And um, obviously you got tangled up, didn't you? Yeah. Like chicane and went down I in went the down racing big. line. Yeah. Dean Harrison clicked elbows with Mate, me about 120 miles honestly, an hour. Honestly, I that actually I've rolled off. I've rolled off to the side of the track and was like, <laughs> and my team were like, "What was you doing?" The race was still live. I was like, "Man, I was so shocked." Like, I know because he sort of went left and I went right, or he went right, I went left, whatever way it was. And oh my god! And obviously, I knew you anyway at that point. So it was yeah. just like shit. Like, I know it was bad because uh, I'd had a really good first race on the Sunday. I'd led pretty much every lap up until two laps to go and finished third behind Jake and Leon. And then the next race, I was like, right, I know what to do now. I'm going to try yeah. and win it. And the safety car came out, I think, because Linfoot and Bridewell had a nasty crash. On the start finish. On the start finish line. And someone was in front of me and they held back. And then we went into the last left. And I, I thought, oh, I need to go. And I went into the last chicane. I'm like, oh, no, I've got a bit of a gap here. <laughs> I came on to the, the start finish straight, went through the left, and then just high-sided through the left landed was on all fours oh mate sliding then, down the track looking up at yeah, the track spun oh. round I'm like oh my god there's so many bikes it's a fall, 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 fall. Yeah. is that a scene out of cars I know yeah it was <laughs> yeah so I remember I banged my head I was a little bit concussed I think and we got back and I, I said to dad I just want to go back we just got in the van got to the ferry had a gin and tonic that knocked me out did it help <laughs> the concussion on the ferry I woke up yeah. in Har Harwich I'm like Oh, I'm home and then just went home and yeah. Oh, mate, that I always say that just first few laps, just try and just be vigilant and just try and get into the race because once yeah. it all breaks up, it's a lot, it's a bit easier, isn't it? Yeah. It's like first few laps is obviously. I definitely learned the hard way over the years. I think with a few crashes of of my own mistakes and situations like that because um, yeah, you when you crash and you know why, you think right, I won't try and do that yeah. again. And yeah, definitely learned the hard way and with a few injuries, but yeah, it's come. Went all right in the end. In well, mate, you learn. And obviously, did, like, yeah. like when you stood there or the night before your last race at Brands. Yeah. Obviously, you got all that experience, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. And uh, that, and I told you that. Did I? Did you ever get I my invoice about that? Me. 
Did you ever get that invoice? It was in pit lane. Do you remember? I was like, mate, I said, you're going to do this. And he was like, oh. And I was like, because you've been in this situation before. The the other boys, I think at the time it was Bridewell. Jason. And, Jason. And, and I was like, none of them have won any 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 other championships like, like this. Yeah. And I think you'd be all right. Because when you wake up, on the morning of a championship winning race, something is different, isn't yeah. it? Like even you probably felt it. Like whether it's the pressure, the excitement, yeah, whatever it is, you still have to ride with that, don't you? Yeah. And it was a weird, it was a weird weekend. I can't describe it because I never intended going to win all three races. I intended to win that first race. I even told Spanner, "I'm going to win that first race on Saturday. We're not celebrating. We're going to shake hands. I'm going to just be like happy." But I'm not celebrating yeah. because there's a, two races to go on the Sunday, and I thought and I want that prize money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's so funny when you watch the race back. So I pull into Park Fermi, and normally, you know what Spanner's like? He's like, "Wow!" Yeah, like, the bigger, it, like yip, high five, yeah, yeah. yipping up. And uh, I pulled in, and he was like, "Like, <laughs> didn't know what to yeah. do." And just... I turned to Dad, and Dad's like, "Handshakes." I told Dad the same thing. He's like. Just gave yeah. my dad a handshake. Inside there, just <laughs> absolutely screaming. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd got 20 something points at that point. So, was it done then? No, it wasn't done no. at all. But I, I went, the, I think you you have a plan in your head, and sometimes yeah. a plan doesn't work. And I had a plan in my head. And, and uh, yeah, the plan was to win that first race, which I did. And then it just made Sunday a lot better. But it was a strange weekend because, I don't know, it was a little bit eerie. I was so relaxed. I don't know why I was so relaxed. And I just, I was almost in a carefree mood where I thought, Do you know what, I don't really care. I did, but I thought, I'm just going to not care and see where I go and ended up winning the first two races, won the championship, and then um, definitely was carefree in that last race. But yeah, it was an amazing day for everyone, for sure. Did you stress yourself out before that, do you think? And then you got to the point where you were just like, Do you know what? Because there's always that thought, isn't there? And, and even the Alton Park was a big turning point for you then, yeah. right, that year. I think yeah. the big turning point for everyone was when you done so well at Alton because you've never naturally gone well there, have you? No. And you showed up and and it's almost like people dismiss you, like, oh, yeah. so-and-so is going to go well. It's like that, isn't it, like most oh, races? Sure. And it's... then all of a sudden there's you. Like, yeah. what? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing there? Hello, yeah. I just turned it on for some reason. Just but switched it on. Because before the weekend before that, I'd been to Silverstone and I'd won a race. Jason won a race, but we had where I crashed and Jason hit me. Oh, that was, Jason was yeah. injured. I broke my, my hand and wrist and I'd only had a week off, I think. And then it was alternate. It was still giving me ag. And I remember riding around in practice. Like if you look at my results over the weekend, I was like nowhere all yeah. weekend. And the Taylor was like, just do minimum laps in the race. You're just going to have to bite the screen and just hopefully adrenaline takes over. And- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That's exactly what happened in the first race. I bit the screen in qualifying and qualified fourth, I think. And then in the race, I was sat on the grid. I thought, I'm just going to hang on to these lot in front of me because yeah. I know Brooks is going to be fast. I knew Jason was going to be fast. But I'm just going to hang on, see what happens. And then Jason went down. I'm like, right, you just need to win this now and, and get that point, the points gap down, which which was unfortunate for Jason, but fortunate for me. And then it was kind of game on at that point. So Yeah, big flip that year, weren't there, for your team? Because obviously Jason had done so well up until yeah. the showdown and it just didn't go right. And yeah, then... he'd, he'd put his uh, the perfect championship together up until mm. Alton Park, really, yeah. which was obviously a shame for him and maybe a shame for his side of the garage. But then on the flip side for my garage, my side, it was, was great. But at that point, like, Everyone's got their opinions with the showdown, and if I was in Jason's shoes, I'm sure I would. You would be have been pissed off, but that, yeah, well, yeah. And but if he was yeah. in my shoes, he'd probably be like, yeah. "No, I love the showdown." Definitely. So, 
it was it was hard for the last three rounds. Um, but even going into the last round, I only had 10 points lead, so it still wasn't done by any means. At that, uh, Well, there was four of us that could still win it going into that last round. So I had to to kind of step up and, and try and do the, my best I could. And, and um, yeah, luckily it, it all came good, which was was great because it was 25 years on since dad won. That was mad as well. Yeah, yeah. it's like your year, weren't it? Yeah, so it weird. was strange how it worked out. I even, I remember on the Thursday I was riding around the paddock somewhere to go back to the motorhome and I seen dad's um, Cadbury's Boost superbike in the paddock. I'm like, no, yeah. why is that here? Yeah. I don't want that here because yeah. I thought there's no way if Tommy Bride wins the championship, dad's going to be sat on the grid with Tommy like yeah. <laughs> 25 yeah, years. Why is that? Yeah, yeah. And so there was a few things that went on that I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't want, I just want to concentrate on winning and yeah, it all, it was like a fairy tale in the end. Mm. It, it did all come good and yeah, party hard Sunday night. <laughs> hard. But mate, some years I genuinely think, yeah, you could walk across the M25 blindfolded and not get hit by a car. And then like you look at the year, was it 2021? Was it 22 last year? Hang on. When did you have a real unfortunate start? Last year, yeah. yeah. Last year. Like it all started, didn't it? When you went to Cartagena. Yeah. And then you come back. Then you come back from injury. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. Because that was just so, you had like the most unluckiest falls, didn't you? It's like the yeah. start of the season. I think a championship... Well, you know yourself that if it's meant to be, it's meant yeah. to be. I, I felt like that was what it was like in my British Supersport year. And I, I know it's easy saying that when you've won, but certain things happen over the year and you think, God, like that that's he's meant to win that championship. And yeah. I, I feel like it was the same for Brad and not taking anything away from Brad because he had an amazing year, won so many races. A hun- well, deserved to win the championship before the showdown, deserved to win the championship in the showdown. But certain things happened where, like, Jason getting taken out at Alton, yeah, Brad's just... leading, you think, oh, my God. like That Brad... doesn't happen. No, <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. And then even the second race where Brad was having a, a little bit of a disaster, Jason got taken out again. And it, it was like, oh. And then the last race, he didn't race. And it just made it more comfortable for Brad. But I think sometimes if it's meant to be, it is meant to be. And he was 100% deserved to win it. But but you're saying that outside of that, sometimes there's just some helping factors that you just can't put your finger on, yeah, can you? And you're like, yeah. like, we all seem to just take ourselves out and not the not the right person, if that yeah. makes sense. I, I remember is, as well at Snetterton, I completely messed up with the safety car. I got a penalty. Brad oh, was like two tenths behind going over the line with that safety car and that two tenths made or something yeah. made the difference where he didn't get a penalty I know, <laughs> I know you in the front three yeah. and it's like hang on I are know. you just giving this to him again yeah, yeah it was mad isn't it, it was quite funny but yeah last last year was tough I had a, a big injury in January came back a big injury in April oh, and then just awesome. ended the year with a, a big injury so that that helmet if anyone that's watching that was the Silverstone crash where where I broke my um, oh. left ankle. You so. basically crashed on the right, on the exit, or like sort of as yeah. you're turning in? Okay, as I turned in, the rear came round, but then as as I uh, came out of the seat, um, I was obviously still hanging on, and I landed and I opened the throttle, and it just made it spin sideways, and I was on a roller coaster basically till the start-finish line. Oh. I think I crossed the start-finish line at something like 148 mile an hour, and then after the start-finish line, it flicked me off. And then down, but I just come back from breaking and dislocating my right shoulder and breaking my right ankle. So it's literally just kicking you, kicking you, kicking you. Just kept going like, and then it just flicked me off. And then the bike, I I think the bike ended up towards turn one, but in the gravel, and I was not far behind it. And then I I banged my head, so I was a little bit like delirious, and I sat up, and I was like, oh my god, I've broken my left ankle. I knew from my right ankle what it felt like, but I could tell I'd broken it, but I was I could tell it was worse. And it got me in the medical centre, I took the boot off, I was screaming. That's the worst part! Don't, oh, it, it cringes me it, out. It, it, where it broke it, it like, kind of like dislocated oh. it. And they were like, yeah, you broke their ankle. And I, I kept going, I cannot, I turned to dad, and I was like, I cannot believe it, I cannot believe it. Like, I've worked so hard yeah. to come back from the end of Jan, or middle of January to the start of April. Because... Have you had a shoulder injury? I've yeah, I've done muscles muscles in my yeah, shoulder and ligaments. Any type of shoulder injury oh, is just sore, and it, yeah, and it it just is it just didn't feel right the whole time. So I just worked so hard to get back with my shoulder more than anything, 
wasn't so bothered about my right ankle because it was and on the right side. And they could pin it up and... Yeah, it and it had really, screws yeah. in it and stuff, so it wasn't going anywhere. Sounds like we don't care about our bodies, yeah. but it, <laughs> but we do really care <laughs> yeah. about our bodies. But it is like that, and it's like, well, I can just screw that together. Yeah. That's not a problem, but the muscles are a problem, bare aren't they? Bare minimum, yeah. Taz. And, yeah, <laughs> do the yeah. bare minimum with yeah, that. Yeah, bare minimum. Two yeah. screws, fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, and then I'd gone to hospital and they're like, oh, your ankle's worse than your right one. I had to have a plate, two plates either side of my ankle, 12 screws in it, and then that was me out for the... Because we had, a bit like you now, you've got, you had your Silverstone test last week and then you're mm. at Silverstone this week and that's exactly what it was like. I'd week before was a Silverstone test. So I missed the first round, missed Alton Park, and then came back at Knock Hill, so... But you say as well, like the bare minimum, mate. You used a determined little shit bag, really, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? Like you are quite like when you get on that bike, yeah, you are quite focused quite... and quite determined, aren't you, with what you want to achieve? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what I've been like through my whole career. And so you I'm... think like the thinking side of things. Yeah, sometimes on, I've been on a little on the back foot a little bit, but I've always just been determined. Like at Alton Park in that showdown, I'd never finished in four years in Superbike. Never finished on the podium in in. Um, in Superbike Barely at top 10 at Alton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, at the start of the, that year, I was 18th in the test. Wow. Like, that was all yeah. in. I was 18th. And then I, I won the race. And a lot of it was probably through determination. I think Jason even said, like, doesn't matter where Taz qualifies, he can always kind of turn it on in the race. Come through. Not always. It doesn't always happen. I can't always rely on that. But, I, yeah, determination's definitely got me through a lot of it. And that, that was... After the first injury in January, it kind of taught me what I needed to do to come back and be fit again. And so I was just motivated to to fix up the ankle. Nothing else was injured and just focus on that and then get back for, for Donington. And yeah, Donington, I hadn't pre- really ridden all winter, all pre-season. I did a little bit of Snetterton and then crashed at Silverstone. And, uh, and yeah, finished 10th, I think, in the first race. But I was like... So tired. Well, I like, bet you was absolutely I was gassed. Yeah. Proper T-Rex arms, like yeah. hanging onto the bike. But as the season went on, I got fitter again and, and a bit of bike fitness came back and yeah, it came good. I was watching the Donington Park race the other day. You talk about slow burners. Yeah. I got into the lead and you was like seventh. That, from that race, you beat me over the like last In lap. 21. 21, yeah. 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 Oh, and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm leading I was this. like 13th. I know, good. literally. <laughs> and then I was in like second and third and you was like eighth or ninth or tenth still. Yeah. But you just gradually like picked just your way forward. Away, yeah. yeah, you had a right plan though, didn't you? You said in the post race interview that you had a plan and yeah. then you was um, waiting for the last few laps and you had, must have yeah. just had that because you just had that little bit of extra grip, didn't you? Yeah. Onto the back straight. Saying that's why you didn't win. Yeah, 100%. Grip. No, no grip. <laughs> but then we made a change to the bike for the next race. I was right up for it and then it, it rained, rained. And then yeah. I went out on a hard wet and I just could not. Could the, not. The first wet race remember, was a disaster. Yeah, remember it? the third one? You went out on a hard wet out of the pitch. You said you was out the seat everywhere and you come in and changed your software. Yeah. I just committed, mate. I was like, hard wet, this is me. Did you make it work or not? No, not oh. at all. Pulled <laughs> off after two laps, DNF'd. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> if I finished like top six that weekend, I'd have gone into the last round, like within like the top five yeah. position of, of winning the championship, but yeah. I've DNF'd. Jim not speak the whole way out. No, he's human. <laughs> he lost his head. But so who who you used to idolise? And I go, and you're gonna say something. No, you go, but I just read, sorry quickly. I yeah. remember I'm blabbing on. But that Donington race yeah. in the we'd had a first wet race and then oh. it was dry. It was windy. Oh, and it, some for some reason everyone started using zeros in that dry race. I know. But we all went on X's. Christian is zero in. Did he? Yeah. Because oh, you come play. you come together with him. Yeah, and, and the hairpin. Yeah, yeah. But I just had a because my plan was I didn't want to like chew the egg, cold tear it. So I thought I'll just try and slowly burn away at this and there. Uh, Managed to. I didn't have a end. plan at that point. Yeah, but then I broke down in the last race. Yeah, I had I an eighteen-point lead, and then and then I broke down in the last race, and uh, and then it went back to ten points. Because first but, race yeah. was survival mode, when it? it was so wet. Oh. Everyone, you just survived and finished yeah. like sixth, didn't you, or seventh, I, or something? Yeah, I think oh, I was even worse than that. Was it eighth? Yeah, I was literally like you no and Jason just literally just surviving, weren't it? Yeah, we came in with cold tires, and I think to make it work, you had to like push, but yeah. I was not willing to push, so it was just making it worse, but. But yeah, idolise. Yeah, who did you grow? Who did you grow? Well, obviously you had your dad there doing bits, and obviously he had a lot of successful mates around him. Yeah, did you, but I think uh, maybe growing up, Valentina Rossi was like everyone's hero. I think. Well, yeah, definitely much. mine. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But as I started getting in, into bikes, like started being in the British Superbike paddock, I used to go when Taylor raced. Even for the first two years, Taylor was racing there. I, I would just skip school on a Friday and just 
live the dream in the caravan to the Mackenzie house yeah or I'd come on a Saturday sometimes but I used to just love being in the paddock and just seeing everyone and just riding around on my push bike and just being a nuisance probably but um, we used but, to switch off generators. Yeah, yeah. that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, your era in stock six hundred was bad. We used to switch bad. off generators every, every oh, weekend. You'd, so funny. You'd get a letter. All the stock six hundred rides are banned from riding scooters. Honestly, I <laughs> oh, know. We used to go down to that little track and just it jump runs. the scooters, yeah. and now it was absolute havoc. But the Jenny switch off it is so because people are in their motorhomes making their cups of tea and that, and you just go and you fucking hell, what's that in? And they come out, and it's so dark. There's no lights around, but you can just sit yeah, behind another motorhome and just watch them come out and just flick it off again honestly those yeah. days i might actually start doing that this year again because that is just that is that brilliant. Was funny i forgot about stuff like that yeah. in the panic at night when you're a kid there was so much stuff went on oh, so much like <laughs> we used to play the, repeated what was the what was the game you used to play like manhunt we used to play manhunt with like oh, yeah. 20 of us and it was just like just just yeah, yeah. chasing cows around the field at cadwell yeah like those was, days were mega but yeah. you had like a little brotherhood didn't you at the track yeah. and it's just like yeah you just go and catch up with your mates yeah. it's mega no it was good fun but yeah i think being in the paddock at that point i probably looked up to people like johnny ray leon haslam especially cal crutchlow these are like they'd be like walking around with the monster cap on or the red bull cap and, and be superbike riders and then they went off into world superbike and at that point i was in, interested in world superbike so it's probably those guys that i was probably most interested in and kind of aspired to be at that point but times change you then kind of trying to do the gp route and you've got gp idols and danny pedroza and people like that is that because of size just you've literally I picked him relate to him yeah we're both four, four, i five. feel your pain yeah <laughs> both six but, foot yeah as time's gone on especially world superbike when coming back to bsb that's where i aspired to be and and uh, still aspiring to be there now but yeah, all those guys were my heroes at the time, I'd say. You never know, though, do you? That's the thing with racing. Like, you might literally get a call up this year. Oh, yeah, I need you to fit in on a Moto2 seat. You go and do it, have a good run, and end up in Moto2. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Like, like I was saying to Jake, and, like, you guys, like, the guys that are in Moto3 now are making the mistakes that kind of you make when you go to Moto2 because you've mm. got that y- the years of learning. And it's so hard, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the championship, like, the Moto2 championship in general is just, like... Yeah, That that's what, yeah... For me, getting I did three rounds in that second year in British Supersport, and then I remember Dad was in Hareth commentating on Red Bull Rookies, and he rang me saying, "Oh, someone's asked, Stephen Keeper's asked if you want to um, ride Moto Two." I was, like, I was sat at home watching it on the TV. I was like, "This doesn't seem real." Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah like, oh, into the sofa, oh, like, oh my god! <laughs> I needed tissue for yeah. something else. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just probably more so. I was like, oh my god. I'm not sure if I want to do it. Yeah, I'm like... It's a shark's tank, isn't it, that championship? And at that point, Steve, I was riding for McCams in Supersport and he had offered me to ride the Superbike for the year after. And then I got the uh, opportunity to do Moto2 and I'm like, I don't want to let Steve down, but it's an amazing opportunity. And then, yeah, it it was tough and it was definitely a small fish in a big pond. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's funny how opportunities come up, sure. Do you think, um, talking about size... I think in BSB, the size, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, like, where I would have it a bit easier, like Cadwell and places like Alton, mm. maybe with the change of direction, you don't. But yeah. then it's like, I do think it's like it evens itself out in British Championship level, at least. Yeah, I think... Where do you... What do you find? Like, where do you, where would you have suffered the most? Like, physically Cad- at Cadwell, like, the change yeah. of directions? Not even, like, the first part of the track would be fine. It'd literally just be whole bends. Like, yeah. I've been injured before at Cadwell and watched, and watching you or Hickey, especially Hickey, he's, like, sits in the middle of the bike and he just moves his elbows and it just seems to it looks effortless yeah yeah whereas mate i'm sure it's not and i'm sure it is physical still because riding bsb is physical but yeah i think places like cadwell i would have a disadvantage maybe a little bit in the wet i'd have a disadvantage you have to literally move your body weight over don't you yeah through hallbins like but then places like thruxton and especially on the yamaha silverstone um donnington i think i could get away with being light and yeah saving the tire a little bit um but coming back to superbike like i had loads of people tell me that oh, it wouldn't work being so small but it's like, yeah, and, yeah. I, and i thought oh yeah maybe that's just right. motivation isn't yeah, it yeah so. but it gave me so much motivation in that first year um to try and step up and be fast i had and a bit was. of pressure being in a in a yeah in a in a bigger in a good team with josh yeah. brooks as my teammate and stuff good bike um 
but yeah, there was there was a lot of determination to try and make it work being a mm. midget. And uh, midget. yeah, in the end, it, I keep saying in the end, but in the end, it, it came good. In that, the end, and that's what, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. what it was. You're British it, champion. It was a top four years, and uh, it didn't come easy at all. And didn't have Neil McKenzie as my dad just giving it to me. He didn't yeah. put the helmet on, unfortunately. I had to go out there and do it myself. So yeah, it was tough, but. Is he there for advice? Like, does he say, like, mate, calm yourself down, or yeah? It's because he's a calm. He seems like he's a calm guy, anyway, isn't he? He, yeah. he brings that calm and influence, doesn't he? Which is quite probably quite nice from the outside. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, he, as a kid growing up, I probably did. He ever ration you on, por- on porridge and shit? No, no, he probably didn't. He probably made you eat more. <laughs> no, he, he as a kid. He never. He, yeah, he said he had he used to throw wobblers and he calmed himself down, like especially with Taylor. I think with. <laughs> Taylor will laugh, and if he comes on the podcast, he'll probably say it, but he would always make the mistake, and I'd be in the background like, oh, won't do that. Like, yeah. He'd say something or do something, and Dad would tell him off, or he'd make a mistake on track, or he'd do something away from the track and think, yeah, I won't do that. And I, you from Taylor that. taught me so much growing up, like indirectly probably. He didn't mean to teach me it, and he had probably had to learn the hard way yeah, a lot yeah, more yeah, than me. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, it just, it just made uh, my my uh ride a little bit easier but no dad dad was good in the sense that he taught us what it's like to be a bike racer from a young age like this is going to sound proper mad mark but before school being like 13 14 he'd he'd want to he he'd be packing the van every weekend he'd be spending money taking me and taylor racing he wanted to see if we were willing to put the effort in away from from the track so He'd be like, I'm getting up at uh, six o'clock in the morning and we had a bit of gym equipment at the house. He's like, I'm going to go on the, uh, the running machine or something like, if you want to come and train with me, then that's fine. But if you want to stay in bed, then that's fine as well. But, you know, it was like reverse psychology. Like I was <laughs> looking at him thinking, you want me to come in the gym? Are you just saying that? <laughs> Don't like, if you want to stay yeah. in bed, that's fine. So like 13, 14, we'd be up like six, half six before school. There was three machines. There was a treadmill cross trainer and a bike i'd do 10 minutes on each literally just like jogging and pedaling slow but i think he just wanted to see if we would be willing Committed. to to see what it takes and doing 30 minutes exercise isn't a lot it doesn't win your british superbike no races, when you're younger though it just gives it you was that a lot. i'd wake up at six like feeling sick like, like oh, oh my god i've got to get yeah. in the treadmill and do yeah. 10 minutes now like but then by the time I was like 16, 17 and getting a bit more serious with Red Bull rookies where you're having to train and there's fitness tests involved and riding for teams where they're, they're expecting you to to be training, he taught me all that as a kid. And then it, it was like almost embedded me at, at, at that point where it was like, oh, yeah, I have to train. Yes. Whereas I know other kids and... Even me, that's what I was saying to you earlier. Like yeah. I didn't even know anything, even in my schoolboy days, yeah. we didn't train, we just rode. Like Kyle Ride would not mind me saying this um, and I even I trained with him yesterday, but he he's training. His training as a kid, <laughs> it came so easy, yeah. uh, as he had so much talent as a kid that he probably thought I don't have to train, and he maybe didn't understand it because he'd not had that guidance. And then now, even now, he, he's still changing his training to try and make it work. And I think that maybe having not so much the natural talent and dad teaching me that you need to train, you need to do that, kind of paid off it coming in these later years now, whereas maybe if you had a lot of natural talent and you didn't have to work hard, maybe as you get older, it when it comes harder, it comes harder, that's when it's it's tough to make it work. So. The fundamentals. Yeah, the but fund- Mad Mark was there from day one. Yeah, us, 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 come on, get up, stand <laughs> yeah. up. Get your <laughs> right, we're going to move on now to a little section called the track review. I don't right. know why I say it now, a little section. Track so, review yeah. so it's posh. very, it's just a little insight to, um, yeah, so it can be your favourite track for many reasons. It doesn't right. have to be because you like riding it. You could say, do you know what? Yeah. Burger fan there, Danny's Burgers at Knock Hill. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a genuine well, thing, isn't it? I know, it is a thing. Seen the pick and mix at Knockhill yeah, as well. Oh, it's good as well, yeah. I know, I just don't like being seen there doing it. Yeah. I'm like, right, Steph, if Send you come, Steph. sneak over there. Kids, what? You want a yeah, pick well, and mix? Oh, oh, what? Are you 30 quid's worth? All right, go on. <laughs> Dad's hopefully going to be on the podium. Um, so, yeah, favourite track? Uh, if, if I'm picking one in BSB... No, just world. World. Yeah, world everywhere, across the whole wide right, world. Brand, Brands Hatch. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. I'd had a, a good... good Memories across all classes at Brands Hatch. I love riding, going 
off the indie circuit and out the round oh, the back section. Just it's so chopping nice. off the brakes there and thinking. Nice summer's come, day at yeah. the end of the back show. Yeah. It's nice in there, isn't it? You I think nice summer's day just riding out of pit lane at Brands <laughs> and there's fans everywhere yeah. and you just think, wow, like this is my job. It yeah. is incredible, isn't it? Last year was really nice weather there. Yeah. Brands Hatch, I've I've been fortunate and lucky enough to ride at a lot of circuits all over the world, but Brands Hatch was, was pretty good. Mandalika, where I'd just been in Indonesia, that was, that was pretty that cool. That looks sick. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Most memorable moments got to be your championship winners in a brand. Yeah, Brands Hatch, I'd say so, yeah. That's easy one. Doing the triple winning, yeah. That was, that was a good weekend. Skinted Steve. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Skinted Steve. Steve's like, yeah. I'm done, mate. Yeah. I am done. Yeah. Pulling money from all it's sponsors. I need more year, money. Steve, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, legend. Favourite part of the track, you've already explained that. Yeah, the... Hawthorne's end of the back yeah. straight, yeah. What about old Dingle Dell up the up right blind? Oh. Yeah, I've oh. always been a little bit wary of that because it. The su- my superbike, well, I think a lot of superbikes, they. It pumps when the tire And you didn't have up. much weight over the rear there, eh? No. Yeah, that was, I'll just use that as an excuse. Yeah. But no, and then I took the front in sheen. And since that, took in the front there, I've always been wary in there. Because uh, that championship year, <laughs> when I went to pass Bridewell, I went to pass him in sheen. I'm like, no, you're going to cr- took the front and break the, the rear. video back. killed me. <laughs> Pull back. <laughs> <laughs> the video of the man with the, the tailor done. With the, oh, yeah. With the, the, the sniper. <laughs> that, was, that was into Sterling's. <laughs> took the front twice into Sterling's in two years running, put it into the trees twice. That video, And honestly. then I slipped on... When I stood up, what people don't realise, it looks like it just fell off, but <laughs> where, where there's Armco, there's like a section of Armco and then a wooden post and it had been raining that day. I think you were actually in front of me and I took the front because it was damp Definitely and we're on mate. slips oh, and just, there was trees. Yeah, I was always somewhere near the front. No, I, just, <laughs> I just committed in practice, went down, stood up and like, oh, where's my bike? I stood up on top of that Armco. <laughs> I thought, oh, there's like a square post, like that looks sturdy <laughs> to stand on. Whoa. And then what people don't know is there's a banking down there. My bike was at the bottom of the banking, chains clattering. And it's like 15 foot down, isn't it? Like Engine's 10, 15 still foot going. Down. I'm like, I need to get down there. I went to step down the banking, took the front, <laughs> went down on my backside, and then... Did you hit the chain? No, and oh, then I looked imagine. at the bike. I'm like, oh my God, like, we're not getting this out of here. Oh, my baby! Yeah, yeah, done that three times. I did it at Alton Park last year as well. It was in the trees. Oh, God, well. Oh, Cadwell, Cadwell yeah, sorry, four times. It was probably fifth time, actually. That was a tasty it. crash, that Cadwell. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing, though, it, it really cracks me up. What I was laughing was because um, we're talking about the bike pumping. When I was at a test the other day, Seely said, I, boy, I need a softer spring in there. Just fuck, fucking pop one out of the top of a pen and chuck that in. <laughs> pen springs, <laughs> The yeah. pen spring. That's what I always say to Spanish. And that just creepy. killed me. That just Whenever literally... it's wet and like pen springs, put the pen springs in. And it... Yeah, and that was a bad, real bad accent. Oh, Alistair, yeah. if you listen, that was yeah, terrible. Laugh, what are you laughing for? No, yeah, that was a terrible <laughs> accent. <laughs> Hi, bye. That's all we say in my team. Hi, bye. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Um, it wasn't wasn't good. When I got back to the the garage, they they weren't so pleased. With me. Yeah, and your your racing persona then, you're because you are obviously you get on with most people, don't you? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But you're an aggressive little little dude. Yeah, on the bike. I oh, think yeah. maybe people don't like me, and some people off the track. I think you're fair though. You race. I think you race quite fair. Like yeah. I don't think you make. Oh, cheers, no, but you, you're not very. Um, I think I'm thorough. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> think that you make moves unless you know you're going to get through properly. Because yeah. you know, like sometimes I might make a move or other competitors where you go, I'm in a position and I've got to just make it now, and yeah. you sort of go with it. You you don't seem to do that. You no. seem to sit back a little bit and go, well, I'm going to try and do this now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, you horrible Silverstone last round. Oh my god, <laughs> Silverstone last corner. You are horrible, mate. <laughs> Hey, you that, might use that move. This I know. Weekend. I might try and just nerf somebody with my big wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a move. But what people don't understand when we make your moves is there's a small time period where you can make a move, isn't there? Yeah. And you're on the absolute limit. Mm. Let's talk about if you're like doing a 53 second lap round. Yeah. Round Silverstone, you've probably got at that corner in that time like point zero 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 five million thousandths of a second to make a move, and yeah. sometimes it doesn't come off, but. Like, what do you do? Do you know what I mean? You can't not make a move, can you? No, and no. People don't understand that, do they? And sometimes no. it does go wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm sticking I'm up for you. Bored about talking about it. But yeah, it's long. It's four years ago now. But yeah, what had happened in that race? We don't even have to talk about that, right? But, we can just yeah, talk about it in general. I just, yeah, just... I think sometimes when you put the effort in and you, you're on someone's back wheel and you think, I, I want to make a pass, you think you've got a plan in your head. There's a bit of a gap. You go for it. If you, Dad's always, again, something that he's taught me that I, I remember driving home from Stock 600 race and I said to him, oh, I wish I'd passed some, such and such into Druid. 
and he was like, I don't want you to say to me again. I don't want to be driving, not in a, seri- yeah, in a but bad like, way, but it's like, I don't want you to drive home again and say, I wish I'd done this. Just do it. Yeah. And he it, it kind of just drilled it into me. And again, maybe the Silverstone situation, I'd sat behind Jason for 29 and three quarter laps. And maybe I didn't want to drive home and say, I should have tried that. I should have done mm. that. Yeah. So again, yeah, it was unfortunate that he went down. But there was a gap. You saw a small gap there open uh-huh. and then you went back, you went for it. It was that's how Everyone's it is, got it? their own opinion, but I was sat right behind him, which no one else was. And I, I saw a gap and I thought I'm going to stick my front wheel in there. And he was still lent over. He, we made contact and he went down. So again, I'm over it. But, oh, but yeah. Everyone's over it now. It's so long ago. Yeah. yeah. What, what was weird from that point, I'd never really had any hate or any bad comments about me. And after that, I just since then I've had a little bit of hate. Did Not social bad. media I've got really good support, gremlins come yeah. out? Yeah, I get a get a little bit of abuse every now and again, but mate, someone's just tarred me mega. with that brush. Love yeah. that though, yeah. yeah. I love that, mate. I think I crashed like a couple of times last year, and people were still like, "Oh yeah, you're a crasher." It's yeah. like, mate, do us a favour and fuck off. <laughs> See that door over there, mate. Go and take yourself through it. Your helmet. Yeah, but it is like that, isn't it? There's so so many good people in the sport, Keyboard and then warriors. there's such a handful of helmets, isn't there? Yeah. And it is great. Yeah, last sport is mega, and we've got the do or die fans, which are mega. But yeah. then you do have the odd helmet that you just think and, you uh, actually yeah. really don't know, mate. And it, it happened to Jason because Jason's one thing with him, he's got real good support, is all his merchandise and everything on Facebook. And last year, he did nothing wrong at those two old mm. part races. And then suddenly, he started getting abused Bad, and hate. And it was quite serious, some of it. So it's funny how it flips, but yeah, not. Just better to ignore them. My advice is to ignore them, mate. Yeah, yeah I, I actually general. quite enjoy reading some of the comments. Yeah. Have you been on that BSB forum? No, I would never do yeah, it. I go on there and yeah. sometimes read the comments. I think I'd end up getting angry and punching the screen <laughs> or something, punching my phone screen. I always stick up for Jake, though. I see comments of Jake <laughs> on like social media and I'm like, yeah. just letting him have it. My but cousin would, yeah. gets involved, Gaz. If Gaz will probably listen to this. He used to get involved on some of the comments. <laughs> I just used to say, like, I said to people like abuse me before and I said, mate, I can guarantee you, you're going to be at round one asking me to sign a poster. Yeah, yeah. And I know your face now. Yeah. <laughs> and the moment you do, I'm not signing that poster. Wanted. I want to punch your face yeah. in, but I can't do that because I'm a professional motorcycle racer. Yeah. And I do not want to go and to prison. And a dad. And a father. And a businessman. And a multiple business owner. Podcast owner. And, <laughs> 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 yeah, and a gardener and a cyclist. Yeah, and views have dropped. Yeah, views, yeah. Punched that bloke in the face. I know. Yeah, we'll probably go up actually. <laughs> we could get the guy on the podcast and punch him in the face. <laughs> Right, we're moving in on now into a little section, my right. quiz, and I don't know, we haven't we haven't quite cracked the, the name for it yet. Yeah. You're quite an intelligent person. Your brother, uh, not, I think no, your brother's no, going to get... Yeah, Taylor will probably get it. I think your brother, when he's, he's got any time between his witty, busy Taylor's. schedule, mm. his 40 hours of travelling, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Team boss, yeah. vlogger. Big doer. Tuba. Yeah. <laughs> all that. What, what is your name for it now? Right, just it's, it's, it's quiz. quiz. Right, okay. It's really boring, it says it. But I've basically just come up with these questions, yeah, yeah. and I've tried to be a bit hard, but you're quite knowledgeable, so... Okay. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I listen, I've listened to a couple yeah. now, and it, they're actually... They're, like, are they harder than you how think? How many knee sliders is Shane Byrne used in 2017 <laughs> that's season? A good like, question. That's what it's like. I'm going to get that. That's a good question. <laughs> Alpine star knee sliders, they, they're tough old buggers, mate. Yeah, they are, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that, oh, where's mine? Oh, I've not yeah. got my knee down there once. Right. What is the fastest lap of the TT, speed-wise? Oh, oh, my God. Come on. 130... This... 130... I want to say 135.4, 136.4. That, that is literally 135.4. Oh, genuinely. Is <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Can you see my phone? You're in yeah. Um, who uses the number five in Moto3? Messiah. Yeah, cool. I was going to say, but Anything, on the spot, any, on the spot any is, questions like that, I yeah. always get. On the spot, that's quite hard. Um, I probably jinx myself. How many top 10 finishes in Red Bull Rookies did Taylor have? Oh my God. I know he had a fifth in Bruno. <sighs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say eight. Four. Oh. Apparently. That's oh, what okay. Google said. That stat could be yeah. completely wrong. Taylor, you need to cut that. I know it's four. I just wanted to look back. <laughs> all my results, all my information, guys, come from um, Google, right? So if it's right, wrong, okay. it's not me. It's Google. Google. I haven't just, yeah. Anyway, uh, who's the fastest McKenzie? There's no question. <laughs> it's easier, your dad, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chad. <laughs> um, and who do you share famously share your number with? Your racing number with? Ninety-five. Yeah. Who's the most famous? Ninety-five. Doesn't doesn't necessarily mean motorbike racing. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> Lightning McQueen. <laughs> that's such a lame question. That is a dad question, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. ultimate dad. That's it's yeah. true though. Yeah, because Iden, I remember Iden had a Lightning McQueen. Yeah, lid the HJC a few years one. Ago. Yeah, was a bit Where jealous. did the '95 come from, by the way? Born in 1995. Yeah, I, yeah, I I've had that. so. What you born in '98? I won in '93. <laughs> yeah, '83. <laughs> I won in '93, and in my first Super Team race, went to. I raced with '93 for the last couple of years at motocross. Went yeah. to Bemsey round one, and '93 uh, was taken. I was like, hey, oh shit. It? Oh, I can't remember. The name was Spencer, I'm sure. Spencer. Spencer. I mean. So I ended up just taking 10 off and rock with 83 and yeah. stuck with it. Ever. Never had another number. Quick maths. Yeah, quick math. Yeah. Quick math. I normally only get into quick maths when I'm in the flow of racing. Yeah. I don't normally just switch it on like that. Doing calculations mid race. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've heard about your 2023. What do you ever fa- Have you ever thought about life after racing? You probably haven't because no. you're having a, a sick run. Yeah. No, I think just. just keep Hopefully, get a job a with your job. brother. Yeah, just keep them. Uh, yeah, to be honest, when I've looked now and I've spent a little bit of time with a few people um, that have kind of moved on and done different jobs now out of bike racing, Taylor being obviously one of them, going into a bit of a management role. Um, I quite like maybe the thought of like what Eugene or Chaz is doing, a bit of a spotter type, type yeah. being associated in the paddock, still being associated to a team, but um, doing the spotting role, Chaz is... Test rider for MotoE as well. I'm not sure test rider would be for me. I think there's a lot of but roles, isn't there? See. Yeah, see and I think you just find them, don't you? Like once you, yeah, you just you're in that circle, aren't you? Like, yeah, exactly. obviously you've got the Eurosport. Like your dad's involved with Eurosport. Yeah. Taylor's got his team. You've got all various friends in racing. You end yeah, up kind of yeah. just you. Are, you're going to try and stay in that. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I'm not. Um, yeah, I ain't got the GCSEs to go. I've into got a job for you, mate. You can fit furniture. It's, it's yeah, right. no problem. I'll happily. We'll get you up here. Don't be on the tools. We're going to do Kimura's move soon. We'll get you up yeah. here for that. That'd be great crack. Yeah, get you yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be up I don't know who we are. I'll take yeah. you up on that. How much? Do I don't right? know. 30 quid? 40 quid? lunch involved. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it then, mate. Yeah, no. thanks for coming in. Yeah, Obviously, best of luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you. All of us will be watching. Yeah. Your shrine, shrine. will remain. I can't no, remember the pe- they put Peko the there. That, that, am I allowed to mention Kimura? Absolutely, Yeah, mate. the people that don't know why there is a bit of a shrine of me is because Kimura that... Is a sponsor of this podcast? Yeah. Host this podcast? Yeah. This is their building. Yeah. Kimura's building. I mean, Danny Danny wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. So I don't think I'd be if it weren't for Mason, actually. Yeah, yeah Mason. <laughs> and, yeah, it's down to Mason. But then yeah. weirdly, you are tied in with Kimura as well. So yeah. it's a proper no, weird, no. weird thing. Yeah, isn't it's it? funny because I've been involved with Kimura for since 2021. Championship told, win. Yeah, told Chris and all the Simon and all the guys that. Don't expect every year to be like that. And then yeah. last year it wasn't. <laughs> it was like the opposite. But yeah, first year they got into involved, literally yeah. win the championship. That was easy. Yeah, no, it's good. But yeah, I've been, um, been with Kimura a few years now, so it's pretty cool to be associated. And the office is obviously cool to come down to the pool table and stuff and simulator. So yeah, always enjoy coming down. And You've done a lap yet? Finally done. Yeah, I was used to, I need to put my shoulder Spa out. Spa Frankishamp, mate. I'm, I'm no, sh- it's too long. It's too yeah, long. I can't. Know. I, I yeah. messed the track up and I've got to start yeah. again. Get me to Knock Hill. Get me to Knock Hill. <laughs> Little lap, little cheeky one. <laughs> when so you got a couple of weeks in Assen? Uh, yeah, two weeks off. I've got a test Bush. coming up uh, next week, maybe. Mm. It's not been confirmed yet. And then Assen, Catalonia. That's right. When break. this releases anyway, this podcast, you, you'd have already done it, mate. You'd yeah. have been on the podium. I'm, I'm coming to Silverstone this weekend, nice. so you've yeah. done the triple. You're going to stand in my garage. Yeah, I will actually. Yeah. Don't worry, Yamaha. Do you need an assistant? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> need a helmet holder How and polisher. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. Steph's not there that week. No, no, she's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> right, guys, on that note, thank you for listening. Obviously, we've had Taryn in. He's been amazing. Um, yeah, check out the socials. Um, send us your comments and see you in the next one. The big double thumber. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.